Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. From Impact Corey, the executive director, Chuck Gray. Chuck, good to see you. Oh, there we go. Let me get, let me uh, goofed up there. So glad that you're on the air. Here. <laughs> me if too. I could hit the right buttons, me right? Me too. Thank you for having me here. All righty. So uh, we're, we're a family show. We like to tell origin stories. Uh, did you grow up in Quarry or did you transplant in? Or Actually, I'm a transplant, but not from too far away. I okay. grew up in Warren County. Oh, uh, sure. Went to Warren Area High School, on to Grove City College. Oh, did you go to Grove City? Yeah, wow. Right. And then um, I worked in theater for a bunch of years all over the U.S. Um, I was inter- like musical theater, musical or yeah, everything, everything, yeah. everything, uh, Chicago, San Jose, uh, Baltimore, just around. Um, but in my spare time, because, you know, why you had all kinds of spare time, right? <laughs> I mean, geez. Sit still at night. That's my question. <laughs> right. uh, so, in my spare time, I started doing community development work, economic okay. development work, learning about grant writing, um, and starting to do that just as a sideline. And I ended up falling in love with the concept of community and economic development. And uh, I actually was uh, headed back. I was interviewing for a job back in California, and I visited my hometown and uh, see my mom, and it just wasn't the place I remembered. Mm -hmm. So what I decided then and there is I withdrew from going for the job in California, and without a job and very little plan, (laughs) I decided I'm settling in Northwest Pennsylvania, and I'm gonna help rural communities like the one I grew up in. So I worked in Warren, uh, doing everything I could to, advanced things. I had my own business, um, Warren Entrepreneurship. I also started uh, uh, Struthers Library Theater Academy for students. That was a joy. Uh, Yeah, just a total amalgam of everything you're passionate about, right? Exactly, and it was great. We started the Running Revolution, which is a women's running club, Hmm. and um, things were going very well, and I started to do larger plannings, like um, the Warren Forest County uh, Human Services, planning for their future, okay. uh, doing uh, the marketing plan for Warren County with uh, with a group of, of great folks on that. And then this job came up in Cory, mm-hmm. and it would be a jump. Like I had done single-pointed focus things you know, like, okay, we're going to fix this system, or we're going to fix this system. This meant having to work with the whole system and having to see the big picture and put it together. And I thought to myself, well, you could fail miserably. (laughs) (laughs) But I also thought, wouldn't this be incredible to try to do this work on that level? Yeah. Um, I was grateful. They told me there were over 60 applicants. I made it through and got the position. And um, we've been working hard on it since. It's, it has been an amazing, uh, an amazing ride. I still think every day this could fail. Mm-hmm. But so far, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> it, 
I, I, I have to ask you because oftentimes in small towns, mm-hmm. when somebody is coming in from kind of with the kind of broad experience that you had, mm-hmm. right? That you're just stepping on toes left and right. Did you step on some toes? Well, there, there, there was one person told me I, I hit the beach like the Marines. Uh, <laughs> but I think wow. they meant it with love. Yeah. Uh, but I have a way. I honestly don't. I don't meet strangers, and right. um, I think I'm oblivious to the fact of people. Um, I always feel welcome. I guess that's that's amazing. That is, I mean, don't you think it, it is? It I mean, because usually it's it, it's it's in the smaller context where there's a lot of okay, that person handles that. You know, they right. handle that festival or they handle that part of the community, and, and you know they've been well ensconced. And you're like all well, just by the nature of your job, you're yeah. trying to like un unlock that ensconcement to allow more and fresher ideas to, to break through. Two things change that. Um, number one, uh, I don't come in with an attitude of my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. I come in, I want to listen. I want to know what's been done. Um, I want to engage with everyone and I want to research the issue to see what's worked elsewhere. Um, before I step forward and change anything and oftentimes in the process of talking with everyone and they're seeing that you're doing your your work you're you're asking and you're listening a lot of that goes away okay um like uh, i'll give you one example uh we're doing a splash pad we're gonna do a splash pad ice rink in downtown and there was a lot of i was starting to hear that there was a lot of um mumblings but we were right in the middle of our community outreach like the plan was being made and it was funny because in doing those we learned well people were concerned about kids by railroad tracks okay well there is a plan to have gates and you know what about uh what about the fact that uh mead park maybe wanted to do one well then you speak with the project managers on that It's a whole different thing over there. So in having those conversations, you break down the obstacles. And sometimes you change your mind. You're like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing we did, actually, um, Erie Insurance, they were uh, Christina Marsh. I I met with a lot of people when I got to Corey, but she was fabulous. Uh, She told me that having a plan was the best way to go forward and uh, told me about some great uh, planners to work with. And we ended up working with Charles Buki. We felt it aligned with Erie Refocus, Mill Creek, Embrace Mill Creek. He knew the area. And after interviewing a few people, I felt like he was gonna tell Corey straight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he definitely would. Yeah, right? So uh, we made the stretch. That was a stretch Mm -hmm. to hire a planner of that caliber. Um, but that process was about recruiting champions to the cause and making our decisions together um, as a community and setting the bar pretty high for the next 10 years. And honestly, I, I, I sing the praises of Erie Insurance because that was the single most important thing we did because it gave us, it also, we were signing the contract literally after 
the first COVID cases were announced. And we said to ourselves, we sh maybe should stop this train, but at the same time, we're gonna come out of this even worse off if we right. don't do it. So it took us 13, I think it took us 13 months rather than the 10 I think we had scheduled. For the strategic plan. Yeah, okay. because we really had to go out of our way to mm -hmm. make certain all the voices were heard because of the limitations. Mm -hmm. But we got done with it and it's a strong document and it has, it's been leading the way. It's been, when we ask ourselves what we're doing next or when someone says, hey, have you thought about a TIF zone? Yeah, we have. Look. Yeah, page 27. Exactly. Right. And yeah. um, it, it makes, it put everyone on the same page to begin with. And as Buki told us, um, a bus is leaving town. We're going to give you every reason to get on that bus. Uh, we're going to wait for a while. But at the end of the day, the bus is leaving. And I was really surprised at how many people got on the bus and are still continuing to because I, I love this phrase too. Um, I said at one point that people are afraid of change. And he said, no, no, they like births. They like marriages. People like change. They're afraid of loss. And so you have to be aware that when they're fearing loss, you have to find a way to let them know if that loss is gonna happen or give them a reason to overcome that fear. And um, that has truly been helpful because if you ask someone what what concerns you most about us doing this they will tell you their fears and then you can try to solve through it together i, I can't tell you that was like a master's course in how wow. to do this work it, it is did you find and again we're talking to chuck gray she is the director of impact corey did you did you find that sometimes people get into a stupor holding on to those uh, of those uh, things that they may lose and then they then they kind of blink and and they've already lost some of that stuff yeah uh, well, I mean I'm thinking of you know Main Street you know in a lot of communities yeah. it's just I mean look at like Edinburgh I mean it's just not what it used to be 20 years ago you know and I uh, one of my board members says this uh, that even though people were doing things before impact Corey reorganized before I came on the scene People have been doing things there for about 10 years to start the, the way back. Um, but he put it this way, you know, the, the economic contractions that started in the late 50s and just kept hitting us, he goes, we kind of went to sleep. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to face it. We didn't know what to do. And we just stopped. And even though this change and risk is scaring us, when we're waking up and we realize now everything we have lost yeah. and it's it's changing things um so now um i like to say that well this is true corey grew where two rail lines crossed that was the speed of business in 1880s right right so it was the place of opportunity it was a significant inland port so manufacturing grew up, creatives came in, there were arts. Didn't hurt that there was oil about yeah. 40 miles away. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> I mean, oil, the timber. But mm. the thing was, it all came into Cory either it. to ship to someplace else or to be used in manufacturing. Well, the, the, all those contractions and then the fact that uh, transportation of goods has changed since trains. Absolutely. So we've kind of lost our position leading the market.
So now we're saying we are committing to fiber to every home, fiber to every business available, gig fiber minimum. Wow. So the issue is those train tracks were the speed of business. Now fiber optic is the speed of business. And we're not just putting it in to keep up and stream our movies faster. <laughs> right. We're connecting it to a technology center that's going to do whole life workforce education. So we're doing special pre-K with uh, Corey Hyed and Ben Franklin and the fire accelerator and the chamber and on and on. We're basically developing pre-K through 12 education that's going to prepare every student for the coming digital economy. We have to stop thinking of rural as farmers and people who put together widgets. We're much more diverse. But unless we can bring this schooling to our folks and the access to our businesses and the advanced manufacturing being developed right here in Erie down to our rural communities, we're not going to be competitive. We're not going to be prepared. Um, so not only are we doing pre-K through 12, then we're also developing workforce whole life. Um, I don't care if you're 70 and you want to get in the workforce. If you want to focus on one of the technology areas we're going to offer, come on down. And our goal is to prove that this model works. So basically saying rural PA can be the human resources pipeline for the metro areas or for um, remote work jobs with technology, or some of our students are always going to leave home nest. You know what I mean? Right. But they're prepared for jobs in other areas. Well, we're going to focus in on, uh, especially on coding and on cybersecurity. It's, well, that, that's uh, right in line with uh, what the universities are doing here in the metro. Exactly. You know? So imagine pre-K through 12, mm -hmm. we are working with the universities and saying, what does a student need to be prepared for further study, as well as working with the businesses who want to hire these kids. So there could be two tracks. You could either be going that you want to go on to college and learn more, or you could go entry level into positions that are already open. I, I want to ask you about that. The uh, and, and again, we're talking uh, to Chuck Gray from Impact Corey. Uh, their their uh, mission statement is growing the Corey community's capacity to manage change to a positive outcome. And, and again, a lot of change coming at you right now. Yes. But I, I wanted to ask you about that strong connection because part of this is geographic. Again, we're in the middle of. Uh, of an area that's getting a lot of press, a lot of attention. It's the EDDC footprint, right? Yep. This is where we're at, Fifth and State. Um, but, but the universities they have a region. They have regional outreach. You just mentioned uh, Gannon and Barron and Merciers and so on, uh, Edinburgh. The how how difficult or easy is that to create strong bridges to these universities for uh, for Corey? It is amazingly easy. Um, I have been, uh, I think that in times of trouble, people often isolate and close themselves in. And I feel like rural areas do that. Um, but there's not one person that I have reached out to in the greater Erie area who hasn't gotten back, who hasn't said, how can we help? It has been astoundingly easy. And I feel there's a there's just a momentum here. We tr we're trusting each other. We're believing in one another. Um, and 
we're helping one another. Yeah. I, the Beehives made our downtown logo and our, our Quarry Rails and Trails Park logo. Right now they're helping design the um, electronics for interactive garbage cans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mercyhurst is doing a, um, they are doing analysis for our technology center. Uh, you reach out, you find your commonalities, and you find a way that it benefits everybody. Um, I will mention two others. Um, right now with the, uh, the coding, like I don't know from coding, I don't know how to develop this curriculum. Mm -hmm. We've already met with Penn State, we're gonna meet with Gannon, we're gonna meet with Mercyhurst, and we're getting their points of view on you know, what ages, where are the milestones, what should we be prepared for. They are right there for us. And then um, another one, we're preparing a grant uh, where actually it's in a different genre, but we feel the first rung on the ladder for entrepreneurs in the rural area for them to scale up is missing. And that is the ability or the comfort with going outside of what they personally know and reaching out to others outside the community. So our goal is to bring in someone from the community who is gonna be steeped in economic development, gonna be connected with the beehives, with Ben Franklin, with uh, the accelerator, with the chamber. Then they're going to be a steward, it's called economic gardening. They're gonna be a steward for each business. So one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's startup or, so it'll be first and second stage businesses. Yeah. Um, they'll be the steward who listens and connects them to the right person and then doesn't leave them. I'm, I'm overwhelmed, actually, Chuck, about this concept that, you know what, our, our community of Corey is not going to be, uh, you, know, you know, take second place to anyone when it comes to technology and bandwidth. And I mean, we could never in the city uh, uh, aspire to gig, to gig level bandwidth, not, not for years and years and years. I mean, we should, but the enormity of that concept just seems to be out of reach. It is, it was a tough decision. And this is where our champions came in. We, we looked at the numbers. We talked with people, uh, in the field. We examined options and even the satellite tech and, no, it, 5G, 6G, everything that you want to build out over it is dependent on the fiber. And fiber is the only thing that will deliver the difference. So if we're making the investment, we're going to make the investment once. And not only did my champions say, we're doing this universally through the city of Cory, mm -hmm. they also said we're doing this universally throughout our school district. And that's a yeah. bigger, that's a bigger thing. That's a, that's a much broader scope there. Yeah, because if you don't, you're basically redlining. You're saying you're not going to succeed past this point, you know, or maybe you don't want to live here because it's how big of a how big of a project is that? And like what that, what uh, kind of timeline are you looking at here? The school district's about sixteen million. The city of Cory is uh, two million four hundred ninety four nine four nine something like that. <laughs> uh, we have raised that. Uh, wow. We are finishing up our RFP and the fiber should be, start being strong in Cory this summer.
Uh, is this uh, infrastructure funding? Is this ARP? Some of it came from Erie County infrastructure funding. Some of it came from uh, ARC Power, which is a federal fund. Uh, some came from foundations and individuals. Wow. We just cobbled it all together. Um, but the the most uh, the coolest thing I think we've done is we're doing it with a community benefit agreement. So since we're paying for the fiber and we're paying for the install, and then someone is going to uh, provide across these lines for every household, for every business. You're basically going to lease it to the utility. Yes. So now those funds come back into us. We can then ag aggregate those funds. Number one, we will have a pool for maintaining the system mm -hmm. because with fiber, it's great because only the technology pieces that transmit update, so you can update those. We can keep the system up and running, but also beyond that, we can keep turning that money into more fiber. Wow. It's about, it's be, they say between twelve and $30,000 per mile fiber to install. Okay. So think about how you could use those fees to come back and keep moving the system along. Big news on Friday, you know, with the whole thing uh, dealing with this Erie's inclusive uh, group. Uh, I, 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 I got to get it down. Erie's inclusive growth, a framework for action, this playbook. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked uh, the leaders uh, at the presser before the presentation about, hey, if I'm sitting in Corey, you know, what? how does this benefit me? Can you explain uh, the benefits of the playbook? Uh, first off, uh, our project, uh, our technology center that I already spoke about, and the fact that we want to provide this education is in the playbook. Uh, it's, it's one of the shovel-ready projects. We're very pleased about that. And um, so basically, it's, it isn't an ending. It's a living document. Okay. It keeps going. These are the projects that are going to get funded first because they're ready. And this and a playbook is truly an action plan. It's not a sit back plan. So are they bringing additional dollars well, or is that the goal? Yes. The okay. goal is to help us. So we this technology center and everything is going to be about 18 million. We've already I mean, you've done all the vetting, all the planning, all that for this. Yes, for the technology. I'm going to say the curriculum needs a, more work. Okay. But yeah. Yes, we've we've vetted the fiber, we have the space, we are working with an architect to figure it out. We got recently got a two point five million dollar rack P, uh, mm. again working with Erie County RDA, um, and we're making the business plan to make that money flow down. So what's the value add from this inclusive? So the value add is, okay, I am one person in Corey trying to manage all of this. I, we just brought on another staff member recently. This gives us the, the heft to go after federal dollars for these projects combined. So like projects can go with like projects. We can compete. Little Corey cannot compete for federal dollars. We have to be tied to a larger footprint. So basically everybody that's working on broadband, for example, mm -hmm. They, you could be bundled with them, and the and the ask of the feds could be well, at a much higher level? That's actually more what the county executive is doing. He's putting okay. together a cog 
that is bundling projects. Gotcha. This is more, here are projects that have been selected for their transformative nature and their ability to make a true quick input, impact. Right, because so, they're looking for the speed. Of yeah, that. so even the uh, EMI, uh, our place, these are projects that are going to make a big turnaround very quickly. But it's not a done deal. They basically, there's projects in every phase down to, you know, first looks. And those are going to continue to accelerate forward. So if I'm a Union City and I have a project that's transformative, I can get it moved into that chain. So it is just going to take us reaching out and working together to continue to put things in the hopper to get it done. And I'll give you another example, the, um, the housing part of it. No one to my, my awareness has ever put it all together. You have subsidies for housing, you have code enforcement, you have policy, you've got a legal system. You've got all these ways of turning a neighborhood shiny and bright, right? But no one has made a big plan of how these all interact and made it truly neighborhood by neighborhood. Hmm. And um, we don't have a project in that hopper, but I'm on that uh, delivery team. So what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna make a large plan for all of Cory and literally right down to the street address, this address could be served by this program, this address could be served by this. The whole thing could be addressed by this. And that's a very booky kind of thing, since when he came to Erie, he basically yes. graded every single house. Yes. Is that what he did in Corey oh, yeah, too? yeah, we did that. And already, <laughs> we've invested about $190,000 that all had to be matched. Homeowners have matched it with over $200,000. And that's already moved properties up that chart. And it's not through fines. It's not through court. It's through, if you want to spend up to, we'll, we'll match up to $5,000 you want to spend on your home. For your roof, for your gutters, yeah, or your that's facade. Like, that's like a half-off shoe sale. Who isn't going to yeah, take BOGO. that? Yeah, <laughs> BOGO. <laughs> this is BOGO comes this to court. <laughs> oh, my word. But the thing is, without thinking about the troubles with code, without thinking about what are new ways to subsidize? How can we get private investment to help? How can we keep people from grabbing up our neighborhoods, upping the rents and driving people out? We have to think about all those things. Little Corey, we wouldn't have um, the ability at this point to bring in someone with that expertise to look at our plan and try to get it the best it can be. Being connected, to um, being connected to this playbook is gonna let us do that. Wow. And in here, I mean, I've always, uh, I've been a fan of uh, the Bayfront work, all the neighborhoods here that are really trying to make a difference. I like their models. We're all gonna be in that room. The, chamber, uh, the, the, um, the RDA is gonna be in that room. We're all gonna be, we're gonna bring in all of our expertise from different areas and we're going to work out the best possible plan. And then we're gonna to work together to get the funding. Uh, this is not gonna be much federal funding for housing. It just didn't make the, it didn't make it. Okay. It's not gonna, uh, 
it's not going to get out to uh, but there's, but there's a lot of rent rebates out I mean I'm, I, yes, I just I just read with more the, on rental than the private is owner. that right yeah so there's not so far there hasn't been anything there to help the average guy do you do you think that uh, just stay with housing for a second here little rabbit trail do you think that that towns like or, or metropolitan areas like Erie you know that have have much lower uh, per household income much lower per unit um, value it that that the federal programs don't really work for us as much because we're, we're, we don't sell things for uh, you know six hundred thousand dollars I mean that's yeah, I mean that's, that's the, I think that's the the dif- differential there that's no that, that's the appraisal gap and we have it yeah. in Corey too Nothing is going to appraise for how much needs to be put into it after okay. decades of decline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to subsidize. There's just no way. Right. And, I mean, in Cory, we're 67% low to moderate income. We're 24 point something poverty. Wow. People don't have, not everyone has the money to invest. And they can't, they say to themselves, why am I going to invest in my property when I'm not going to get it out on the back right. side? And so you're able to help and come along. Right. I want to, I want to pivot to some of the projects because I think they're, they're absolutely exciting. Uh, right at the top of the, of, of your webpage is this rail trail park and splash pad. I've heard a lot about the rail, rail trail, uh, of, of, uh, having Corey connect to the city, mm-hmm. to Erie and, uh, being a part of the blue zones and, and, and all of that. Talk about uh, what where that's all at. So we are part of the originally drafted Erie to Pittsburgh Trail. Comes goes to New York State. Comes down. Um, we had basically it stopped right outside the city of Cory. It goes up to Clymer, New York. There is a second feasibility study going on about coming directly from Erie alongside the railroad and into Cory. So that's another possible Erie to Pittsburgh alternative trail that also winds up in Cory. Well, what we're doing, we're building about nine miles of trails in the city of Cory. About 1.4 of that is the Erie to Pittsburgh Trail, which we've done our first 800 feet. They just opened last week. And 1,400 feet are getting done later this year. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the part that comes in, so now it's going to come into the middle of Cory, and right in the middle of Cory, are two rail lines, the cro- the ones that cross, remember? Sure. So there's a, it's now a green space. It's a rail yard, basically, that mm-hmm. lies between them. We are renovating that as a trailhead of the area to Pittsburgh Trail. It's right in the middle of our retail district. It's going to be the economic driving attractor for the area. So one side of it, the east side of it, is very zen and very, like, laid back. It's <laughs> green space yeah. and... Um, a pavilion and we've had oh I've got to talk to you about this sorry my brain. <laughs> uh, so like we're yeah. we're working with artists to design okay. benches that include innovation nice. and then the other side of it is going to be we're uh, renovating the freight building the ticket office has already been renovated we're putting in a splash pad which will double as an ice rink and a stage facility I was going to say, you're going to make it a performance space. Yes. So, and the- You know, I saw something like this in Bloomington, uh, Indiana, and they just changed their switchyard into a public uh, recreation space. Yeah. And that's what and it's going to be. And think about it. Like, 
we have, a, with those numbers I gave you earlier, yeah. we have a lot of kids who don't have, there aren't free places for them mm -hmm. to play. Guess what? Now there is. That's amazing. And it's right downtown. <clears throat> Tell me about this innovation festival, Climax and Corsets. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you, you've... You've got some artists down in Corey, well, I guess. Well, I have to credit Patrick Fisher because okay, he was, he was okay. actually helping. Um, we were doing a walk around when we were going for a Pennsylvania Council on the Arts Creative Communities Initiative. And um, we were joking about uh, Corey actually had a lot of inventors. And two of the things that came out of us, out of, out of Corey, was the Climax locomotive, yep. which... Uh, could be used in mines as well as wood cutting. It's a tighter diameter. It can run on wood. It's a cool little engine. Um, and new bone corsets. Wow. Now, new bone corsets got so big because apparently they were the first people to take out the whalebone and put in something a little more flexy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so they literally had so many orders and so many outgoings. Uh, it was one of the case points why the federal government funded a beautiful post office in Cory. Wow. So we say these are two innovation stories of Cory, but not only that, they're fun to say. Yeah. So we put them together um, and we have the Climax and Corsets Innovation Festival. And uh, we had our first year last year. The design competition was to design these benches I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. um, and like one of them, uh, there's a gazebo and uh, gliders and swings. And swinging on each part lights up different things of the gazebo. So you could literally all like do a communal swing and yeah. figure it out. Uh, where there's a cool steampunk octopus that's going to be in the <laughs> water park that's going to spray water. And that's the other thing we're going. Because we are Victorian era, but yet we want innovation. Steampunk, it's, it's a fascination with putting on the outside what makes something work. Mm -hmm. So we're, we can't brush off all our rust, so we're right. celebrating it. And we're nice. saying we're steampunk and we're cool, but it's married with innovation. Let's, let's talk about a bit about some of the big uh, in, uh, investments that have already happened there. Lecom is really, uh, you know, with Corey Memorial, they've yeah. really... <clears throat> Uh, you know, gone all in yeah. with uh, with their their uh, healthcare and their earnings have been very good too. So, because we sit on a three county boundary, and there's a lot of open land between there, so it actually pulls in from a larger area. So even though it's located in Corey, uh, Lecom is serving a wide uh, area of rural communities. Talk about the. Um uh, you know the what the old, what the old hospital is turning into. It's this innovation. Yeah, the old hospital um, owner Greg Pike and his family um, are very uh, they're very strongly connected with the hospital. They like this plan that we have for the technology center. They are actually donating the facility to the project um, because they want to see Corey advance, mm -hmm. and we are we're going to live up to that honor. Uh, so essentially it's been sitting there it's been kind of uh greg has been maintaining it mm. but it's a white elephant building it's eighty-eight thousand square feet what oh are you going to put in there yeah right um so this is the first time that it that we're going to make it work people have had different plans they haven't panned out are you planning on co-working space i mean what yes okay what what so, would be some of the big chunks that you would use okay in that? so part of it um on-site Educare is what we're calling okay. it. 
daycare is going to be there. Um, the YMCA has a waiting list of 30 families right now. They're gonna move into there, be able to serve the community who wants it, who wants the, the childcare, as well as if you're taking a course uh, to get a, a workforce development course, if you're emerging from poverty or transitioning or to your first time entering, your childcare is gonna be connected to your course. So you're not the, taking out the limitations. So childcare is gonna be one part of it. <clears throat> the other part, um, we will have a data center. We have invited uh, community access media down to make a satellite so we'll be able to produce and distribute content. Uh, we will have one fiber node in the facility. We might have two. Uh, we're also going to have co-working space and places for accelerator businesses to grow. And even uh, when they need, when they can leave the laboratory floor and yeah. they want you know, privacy for their product to expand into those offices. There will also be some offices in the facility. Um, but it's, oh, and of course things like, you know, a little gym and blow, you know, the, the things that people need to be able to work there. Sure. But the, the high ed will be heading up all of the curriculum aspects of, so workforce development will also be integrated into there. What is happening uh, at the old Erie Plastics? Because that was an incubator as well, right? Yeah, the old Erie Plastics, I think this is a great story. So you drive by, there's a great big EP on the yeah. building, right? So Erie Plastics leaves, and uh, they called it Enterprise Place. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so sure. the EP still fits. Um, it is currently full. So is that right? Yeah, there are businesses operating in there, um, and actually they need to add more space to. It's one of these things like like 12th Street. You know, everybody thinks 12th Street is just hollowed out. No, no, no. no. You can't find a space. Exactly. Same thing with Corey. Well, wow. And that Enterprise Place is truly an anomaly as far as there's a rail spur, there's um, power, there's water. All of the large-scale amenities that an industry needs go into that. Enterprise that whole place. thing of shovel-ready, I need a pad. You had it's it there. there. Wow. It's there. So uh, it has been, that has been a great project that Corey has done. All right. So tell me what you're going to be working on for the rest of the 2022. 2022. Um, I'm going to be finishing up the business plans for uh, both the Rails and Trails Park. Um, we I mean, have. I tell you what, that splash pad slash ice rink sounds right. amazing and guess what the splash pad's going to be kind of one of the jet ones so at night it'll be a fountain yeah we're working because of this pa uh pennsylvania council of the arts grant we're working with a lighting designer so it's gonna it's just gonna it's gonna be bellagio petite <laughs> you could tell that she's been around the world <laughs> She's quoting <laughs> Vegas casinos here. That's fabulous. And wow. I'm going to be, so for the Rails and Trails Park, the business plan, that's for the RACP funding, yeah. as well as um, the business plan for the catch for the Cory Area Technology Center and Hub, or catch, as we catch. call it. I like it. Very catchy, right? Mm -hmm. um, then uh, we are in the process of ground truthing. That's what they call figuring out every step of your trail. Wow all of our feeder trails and then we're going to be um costing them budgeting them and hopefully for the new year to be ready to roll into a big thing of fundraising 
And right now we're getting ready for Erie Gibbs. Yeah. The park is going to cost a lot. We have a million dollars in Iraq P. We have to match that, and it can't be from state funds. Gotcha. So we're going to use Erie Gives this year, and we're telling people if they donate to Erie Gives, it goes toward the rail park making mm-hmm. it happen, and then we will use all that money to leverage more money. Is this message getting to the Corey taxpayer? Are they are they able to join in the enthusiasm that Impact Corey is bringing. I think so. I, I really feel that we're just about to roll out another $123,000 worth of Renaissance block. That's wow. that matching program. Mm-hmm. Um, people believe in that, and they've seen the difference. This year, we're also starting Paint the Town, which is actually um, for people in harder circumstances that can't come up with the match and fixing up their homes. Beautiful. Um, so... We're doing a great deal, and it's showing. But I still think that most of the time, if people don't in Corey, don't know the name Impact Corey, you say, "Oh, the Splash Pad people," and they're like, "Oh, oh, them! I love them." <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and we, I, I, we, I've always admired Corey. Just some of the innovative things, you know, the you know, coming out with first th- Fridays and oh, stuff that like that. Is it's incredible. just super cool. We've got to leave it there. Chuck Gray uh, from Impact Corey, thank you so much for telling the story. Yeah, thanks for having me here. You've been listening to The Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>